0: Hi, welcome to the first edition of Table Talk from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities. Go Twins! We're recording today from Shooter's Billiards in Burnsville, Minnesota, a southern suburb of the Twin Cities. My name is Jay Wagoner. I'll be your host for this program. Hopefully we'll be putting out a weekly program in fact, we will be putting out a weekly program and going to the different pool rooms in the area. Today's guest host is Chicago Tom Sheely. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Very good, Jim. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. Uh, for those who who want to know a little bit about backgrounds and, and why we can talk about pool and billiards, um, I'm a instructor been instructing for 35 years been playing been state champion a few times of, of different states uh chicago what's a little of your background
1: well i started playing pool seriously when i went to college uh that would have been in the early 70s and um i ended up playing pool far more than i went to class uh, and eventually i uh in middle of my junior year, late in my junior year, ran into a particularly good pool player. He was from out of the Boston area. And uh, we ended
0: up hitting it off pretty good, and I ended up going on the road. On the road. So you weren't one of those students that... Uh Paid your way through college shooting pool? No,
1: I'd say pool actually took me away from
0: college.
1: <laughs> As usually is the case. Well, uh, considering my major, it probably wasn't a big loss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and your major was art history, of course. Art history. <laughs> Tom. Tom is an artist, by the way. He has. Well, you've got to give yourself a plug here. Um, well, I haven't done much artwork for the last uh, twenty years or so, so. But what's your? What's your? Uh, don't you have a website with your pieces on it? Not anymore. Oh, it, I'm it, it sorry. got a virus
1: and I shut it down.
0: Okay. So. Virus shut it down. Yeah, you have yeah. to live in your own art now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my fiance likes yeah. it. He also you is a screenwriter. Yeah. Well, you know, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> You're doing a lot of writing and mm-hmm. not yeah. a lot of uh, publishing or things not going. Or yeah. Let's just say it's a tough business to
1: break into. The perfect pool piece is yet to come. The well, next movie. Working on it. Working on it. So <laughs> what everybody wants
0: is the next movie. It would be good. Yes, it would be quite a shot in the arm for pool. I, th- I think so, too. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. Get some interest back in everybody's... Uh, problem is had you have to get an older Tom Cruise to uh, accept the role. So you got to give him, him... Yeah, the Paul Newman... Well... It,
1: I don't think Tom Cruise think. is willing to play the Tom Cruise no, this character. No, 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 no. I think no. he wants to do. Uh, he needs to be
0: an older Tom Cruise. He yes, needs he needs be to be an, to an do older Vince. Redu. Vince, an older Vince. Yes, yes.
1: Vince, who, who? Absolutely. I think Vince on a comeback tour would probably work for that him. That would you know. work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Vince, a little punchier, shall we say, married Tom with two point two kids.
0: I expect that for Tom within the next week or so, (laughs) right? No, he's laughing. So, uh, Chicago, how'd you get the nickname Chicago?
1: Well, Um, I was on the road, and I ran into a nice woman in Chicago, and we got married. And then, a decade and a half later, we were getting unmarried. uh, And uh, I came up to the uh, Twin Cities, where I had family. And uh, I kept having to go to Chicago to deal with the whole divorce thing and see my stepson and stuff like that. And somebody was talking about me to someone else, referred to me, you know, Tommy, Tom, you know, Chicago,
0: Chicago, Tom. And the name stuck. Got it. So Minneapolis gave you the Chicago title. Mm -hmm. Chicago would not have given me the Chicago title. That kind of happens a lot, I think. <laughs> I, think. I, I I was a Detroit kid for a while when I moved from Detroit back yes, to where yes. I used to live. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and Chicago, certainly Detroit would have laughed at it. Yeah. Chicago would from have... From where I was, too. ...demanded
1: I take... The yeah. ...and, and, and, and make yeah. sure I, you know... <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: I, li- I lived in Detroit at the time of... Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm some great pool players and lots of action at the rack yes, so yes. i heard about I
1: that uh, <laughs> my goodness um i heard
0: cornbread yeah i've heard million was, dollar paper bags
1: yeah, yeah. I, I heard it took longer to count the money after a game than it did to play it
0: sometimes <laughs> sometimes there were some instant millionaires should we put it that way
1: Ah, those were the days. <laughs>
0: That's not gonna happen again, I don't think. I doubt it.
1: <laughs> Who knows? I mean with inflation?
0: <laughs> uh, really. <laughs> Good thought. And just think, in another twenty years, <laughs> a million dollars a game will be the game. You know, that'll be the standard game. You want to play a race of seven for a mil? That'll uh, barely cover the table time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I think we're we'll getting a little wacko here. So uh, you went traveling around, Mm -hmm. and I know you were in California for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Did you live there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lived in California. I like California a lot. Because of the... because of the action and because of oh, yeah, yeah. the, the weather, of course. The weather was, yeah, yeah, marvelous. And um, you could sleep underneath the underpass because the weather was always good or not? or
1: If you had to, but I was sleeping in motels. The action was So good. you did well.
0: Yeah. You did well, well. I was quite
1: impressed by the action. The L.A. area, San Diego, that whole area, uh-huh. it's so large that you literally could hit a different bar every day for Never play the same
0: guy for years. If you didn't, mm-hmm. yeah, if you wanted to. And there was a lot of bar action at the time. sure. Well, yeah, there were no yeah. casinos back then. Yeah. We're talking, what, mm-hmm. late 70s, early 80s?
1: Yep, Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh, Keith McCready out there?
1: He was in his prime, uh, late 70s, early 80s, yeah. Yep. Yep. Did yep. you run into him? I never played him. I knew better. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> now, there
1: was no internet or anything back there, and he knew better. Oh, uh, there was tremendous rumor mill going around, and Keith was the hot subject anywhere out in the western areas. He was, um,
0: he was the guy for... Uh, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had a tremendous stake horse in Charlie the Ape, and uh, and he uh, got really good action. One time we were watching Keith play uh, um, nine ball on a big table, fooling around for 20 a game, which I would have thought was serious action. I mean, mm-hmm. that was like, that was your atonement right there. Sure.
0: Well, that uh, was one night in the motel, by yeah, the way. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So, I
1: mean, it was good stake. Um, And he's just fooling around, and he doesn't quite get in line on an 8-ball playing 9-ball. He comes a little short, and so he hits the 8-ball dead straight, which is to say he missed the corner pocket that he was shooting for. And he hit the short rail, and we're all looking at it going, huh? And then the uh, 8-ball hits the long rail, hits the short rail, hits the next long rail, and goes for a rail swoosh right into the corner pocket. And, of course, he'd stopped the cue ball, perfect for the nine ball. Of course. And this was on a nine-footer. Whereupon a friend of mine turned to me and said, I think we're watching the best pool player in the world right now. And at that moment, nobody in the room would disagree. He was, uh... Yeah, uh, yeah. The only he... person who might have disagreed was Dave Matlock out of Kansas City.
0: <laughs> well, I know those two met up a couple times. Yeah. And I can't remember what happened. Um... Boy, I, I think they might have split it. I think so. It's, that's what I heard. But I'm not sure, and I don't even know if they played on the seven or nine foot. If anybody has information on that, go That'd ahead. It'd be interesting and, to hear. And uh, you can you can give us an email at yeah, yeah. Our, our our email address. We're still setting up things here, so it's kind of a little rough. But the number one one tabletalk at gmail.com. I'll repeat that again. One tabletalk. At gmail.com, and uh, you know, maybe you have some information. And we can clear that, or go ahead and put it on easy forms. Yeah, you yeah, know,
1: be curious to hear.
0: Yeah, I'd like to know that how it happened. Anyway,
1: well, I know that uh, the rumor I heard was that Weldon Rogers, who was the top bar player in Arizona, went out to Kansas City and played this kid who was supposed to bet up pretty good, and he lost. Which shocked Weldon, because he was a very solid, especially with the big cue ball, bar okay. table player. And so he was, you know, one of these people who managed to stand up and saw a good economic opportunity. So he, he sent Keith out to play him. And then he was equally shocked when apparently Matlock beat Keith. Okay. That was the rumor. And then so we know, we know <laughs> that...
0: Uh We know that Keith got beat once by Maylock. That was the rumor at the time. Well, actually, my good friend and buddy Daryl Smith down there doing full-time radio show, Mm -hmm. podcast... A, uh, I know you're going to be doing a. Uh, if you're listening, Daryl, I know you're going to be doing an interview with Dave. Would you ask him about that situation and yeah. and what really happened? Inquiring minds want well, to know. Well, yeah, <laughs> we all like it. we all like the history, especially when yep. you got two top players that are supposed to be the best in what yep. they do. Yep, I know that I've heard uh,
1: Matlock ran I think 26 racks in a bar box. And, uh I heard twenty-nine. Twenty-nine? Okay. Well I know Keith, I uh, personally saw him run a twenty one. Somebody else saw him run a twenty-three. Unfortunately when he ran the twenty one, that just got him even from the loss he had taken against the
0: same player, oh, playing
1: one pocket.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Easy come, easy go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a little off on a tangent there. <laughs> it was good it's good to hear the history. I like yeah. I love yeah. that. That, the game's got a lot of, of history. Yeah. Um, as I said, we're located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, although Minneapolis-St. Paul proper has no pool rooms. They're all in the suburbs. And there are six pool rooms left after the no-smoking laws went into effect. We used yeah. to have 13, but now we're down to six. And these are six good, solid businesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're broadcasting today from Shooters, as I said. Uh, Burnsville is a southern suburb. Mm -hmm. And a little further south and to the east is Farmington Billiards. Mm -hmm. And Farmington is like a 20-table room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Real good owner there, Dan Ryder. Mm -hmm. We also have jimmy's pro billiards and that's owned by jimmy wetch professional player Mm -hmm. uh probably the uh best player in minnesota maybe even today yet although it'd be interesting to see him and jesse engel duke it out a little bit
1: Uh, some of the top players from here have been uh how do i say leaving the state for greener pastures
0: yes so jesse engel is now in florida i believe no he's back he's back he came back huh He's wow. back and he's here and he's playing and uh, yeah, of course we'll the, last thing, the last thing oh, the last thing that Jesse won big was the uh, bonus ball. Yes. In yes. his team of uh, Torsten and, and Ralph okay yeah. Yep. Won the uh, bonus ball event. I wonder what that's going to happen again.
1: I haven't seen anything I've been, no buzz. I've been
0: looking for something. Yeah. For I haven't when heard it starts, any buzz, but which haven't is heard unfortunate because it was it was well, a nice. Uh, Maybe Jesse knows. Maybe, yeah, maybe if I run nice, into yeah. him. Yeah, he wants uh, nice to hear. You know, and, and Jesse's one of the guys I'd like to do an interview with anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's a good solid guy. Just, just yeah. to hear that he started pool when he was one and a half or something. <laughs> I don't know. Some crazy thing. I don't know. But I do know. I remember seeing him as a junior player playing in the junior, uh, junior leagues and working his butt off.
1: Well, I know that uh, he got a, a very, very strong compliment from uh, uh, one of the commentators, thank Joe like Joey A., uh, playing him up in Big Bear, played some one-pocket with him. Mm-hmm. And he said that Jesse Engle was rock solid, and when he shot a ball, nothing
0: moved except his arm.
1: Yeah.
0: It just on the technical side, Jesse is very pure. Yeah. Which also... Is the same of Jimmy Wetch in mm-hmm. his prime. Mm-hmm. He was a pro. I, I think in his prime, he was also known as the best position player mm-hmm. in the world at the yeah. time. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was stated that he had probably the best pool, pool cue ball, best cue ball yeah. in the game. So there's Jimmy's pro billiards, and mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and he will play. He will play someone uh, for relatively low stakes. He gives lessons. Um, and he's Knowledgeable lo- player. He's located in the suburb of Columbia Heights. Which is just north of Minneapolis. Now, all these rooms have their own website, so you can look up their yeah. room name, yeah. dot .com, and, and they will show up. Mm-hmm. Next, we have CR Sports Bar, and they have turned into a seven-foot table mm-hmm. uh, room. They have a lot of seven-foot tournaments. They have one nine-foot table. Guess who owns it? Jesse Engel. Jesse Engel. <laughs> Jesse Engel won the table and made a deal of some sort with CRs. So that's kind of his home room, I believe. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, a diamond bar box. Diamond. A diamond big diamond table. nine foot. Diamond nine foot. And, and uh, they do have a boxes. break contest there, mm-hmm. which is uh, highly outrageous. I think I, I, I'm not sure. I I have to look it up and I'll report it next week. But I think it's somewhere between 1,000 and 1,300 a ball right now. Yes, yes. Absolutely berserk. One of the... the uh, Sean Mitchell,
1: who plays out of shooters now and then, was talking about how he was... uh, Apparently it's a break-and-run thing. You break 10 ball, and you get a 10% up the pot, whatever it is at that moment, for each ball you make. But you have to make the... uh, say you break and make the make one ball. ball. Okay. You have to make the next ball in rotation to okay. get the prize. So Sean broke. I think he made a ball, maybe two on the break. Okay. And then he had
0: So a that top. means like his his shot then would be worth like three thousand dollars basically if, yes, if he so made, made it. so right. he
1: had this, this cut on the one ball that was a little bit tough and shape was even harder on the two. And he said my knees were shaking, and all I did was focus on making the one ball. I made the one ball and said, thank you very much. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done.
0: I'm done.
1: But if he had somehow managed to break and run, he would have gotten the entire pot, which was
0: mm, a little upwards of He would have 000. been happy. Oh, it would yeah. have been new car time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something. Yes. Something yes. good. He might have. He might or have, yeah. it might have been Mystic Casino time. Yeah. The downfall of many a pool <laughs> player. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes money management hmm. mm, we want to talk about that no. <laughs> like you Too and legendary. i have never had that problem
1: i personally strangely enough i i i don't have a problem with casinos i go to them and i use the buffet and i leave <laughs> there you
0: go. usually really good buffets, i agree with yeah, you
1: yeah the best
0: <laughs> so that's crs uh and then there's Two Stooges, which also used to be like a 60-table room. Yeah, I think they're down to like 50 tables now.
1: Yeah, moved to bar boxes. Yeah, probably 30, 30, University, 30 Street.
0: University Billiards, Billiard Street, went through a couple name changes.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was one of the uh, first big rooms to see the writing on the wall that the big room had had its heyday. Yes. That the color of money had been out a while earlier the uh the demographics were changing and there was time to move more into a how do i say a league friendly environment and uh they made the transition rather handily from what i can tell
0: yeah, they have uh well i don't know between 30 35 seven foot diamond bar <laughs> tables seven footers and uh, and they're Full of leagues, almost every night. All the tables seem to be played all the time. As I say, it was a good
1: business decision on their part.
0: Yes, they have yeah. a they have a beautiful. They, I understand they put about a million dollars into the room. Yeah, over a million dollars yeah, in yeah. renovations. They have a beautiful mm-hmm. middle of the room island, elevated bar. Mm-hmm. They have great food there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. It's a wonderful place to go. When they had the nine-footers, they had some uh, had a couple of Gabriel's, an excellent table out of Europe um, with steel frame construction.
0: They weren't afraid to, and still aren't afraid they still, to... They still have that one, oh, right? Okay. I'm not sure. I think, I think that's their feature table. They had a couple of Rehoeven um, yeah. billiard tables, too, as I recall. I think those are gone now. Yeah, yeah. And they brought life. in some great great talent to play there and give exhibitions, mm-hmm.
1: correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember one time watching Efren Reyes and uh, Francisco Bustamani play a uh, race to 21 nine ball there. Yes, guess it doesn't get much better than that at that no, time. No, no. This was back in the uh, late 90s, and they were both on their game. It yeah. was
0: impressive. Yeah. And, and at that time, uh, Minnesota probably had more masters, grandmasters than any state in the union for uh, Bar League Pools, mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. BCA, for APA, for all the leagues that were going at that time. There were some good. Uh, there, was some, there was some great pool players here. Um, yeah. So I understand he gave quite a spot to anybody.
1: Efren Reyes was noted for giving up 14-4.
0: 14-4. 14-4. In fact, to basically owner. almost anybody in Minnesota.
1: Pretty much, yeah. He, and... Um, Basically, the people, the locals, were pleased if they actually made Ephron have to try. So... fourteen four. Fourteen
0: four. yes. I'd be trying awful hard.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was and he was betting for 100 a game. I mean,
0: it wasn't like... I, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I feel like I would have to play that game just to save face. Mm. How could he turn down fourteen four, And I don't care who it is. Well... Well, of course, when I saw 20 people in front of me lose their $100, yeah, I, I mean, suppose I could change my mind. Efren
1: Reyes, um, how do I say, there's a psychological intimidation
0: factor. Well, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And and you were going to say the owner? The owner, Ty, Ty yeah, Ty Wilson, Wilson played by the way, mm-hmm. what I, I just yeah. want to mention, Ty Wilson is in the VNEA Hall of Fame mm. as a player for... Uh, I think he was at every tournament for twenty plus years. Oh, goodness, Good and, for him. and won it both team and individual. Too many yeah. years to count. Yeah. So well, he
1: was proud to play Efren.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he was proud of the fact that he
1: actually forced Efren to try hard. Okay. But, but I don't think he got there.
0: But he didn't get there. 14-4, didn't his get pride, there.
1: His point of pride was that Efren had to try hard to
0: beat him. Well, yeah, you, you have to find some quality, <laughs> I guess, at that point. Well, at the very least, you get to say you played the great Efren Ritz. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who would just love to say that. Mm-hmm. Even though they got completely wiped out, mm-hmm. and he did his magic, and he is a magic man, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although I did see him in a tournament at Cunique Billiards owned by Jerry Mm Bryseth in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. And uh, in this tournament, which had a lot of heavy hitters, uh, Reyes and Perica were living in Chicago at the time. Right. Dallas West. You know all all the the Chicago Chicago players, of course. Yes. Um, And they all converged on Madison for this tournament. And guess who was two and out? Efren Reyes. Efren Reyes was two and out. Nine ball. At this tournament, nine ball reached to 11. So who was he playing? (laughs) I have no idea. I didn't look at the board. I was playing. My thing is I never look at the board, so so I can't Mm -hmm. even tell you who put him out because I hate watching pool in that situation. When Mm -hmm. I'm playing... I love watching it any other time, but when I'm playing, I don't want to get psyched out by anybody, yeah, yeah. so I don't, I don't focus watch. don't anything else, yeah. You know, although, so he's out of the tournament, and what is he doing? He's hustling on the three-cushion table.
1: <laughs> well, I've heard an interesting story about Offer. Somebody asked him, you know, if he was, you know... I guessed he might be in the top five in billiards. And Efren, it's pretty self effacing, said, No, top 2 3. <laughs> and he wasn't. He needs a little. Counting pa- his own horn. He needs a little he was practice, just being, right? Just being accurate. <laughs> he's, only, he's only 2 3. Apparently, he played the uh, top Korean player and uh, trounced him. Yeah. So you're looking at somebody like, say, Thorne. Bundall. Yeah. You know, it's one of the few people who's going, he nah, probably don't get there.
0: <laughs> how, do you know, how do you disagree with what he can do? He was he was the man. Yep. For so many years. Yep. Absolutely. So and yeah, the next pool room or last or sixth room in in the cities is Biff's Sports Bar. Uh, Biff's is once again a seven foot haven. They run lots of tournaments there, weekly tournaments, as do all six pool rooms in the Minneapolis area. They all have weekly tournaments. They all add money weekly. On top of that, we have the Midwest Pool Players Association run by Mm -hmm. John Stitch. Mm -hmm. That organization puts on some of the largest tournaments in the country, Mm -hmm. although nobody knows about them. (laughs) Well, they have heard of... uh, uh, Black Bear, I believe it is. Black Bear,
1: Black, Black Bear, Bear is, uh, Casino, natural, national, uh, um, pretty high class field. Um, some top players, Shane Van played there several times. A
0: lot of very good players have played there. Um, this year, uh, let's see, the event at FPA event at Black Bear is uh, end of November, November twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. They have both singles and team ten thousand added. I think most all their uh, casino tournaments, looking at their website, are all 10,000 added. The season opener is at Two Stooges this year, Uh, September 27th. That's 1,500 added. How's that?
1: Wouldn't hurt to take down first prize on that Uh one.
0: Played eight ball on the Seven Foot Diamonds. They have four divisions. And uh, it's a one-day tournament. Saturday, September 27th. Saturday, one-day tournament. Start early, play late, get out of there. You don't even need to spend money on a room unless you win.
1: That's up to you, of course.
0: Yeah, (laughs) unless you win because then, of course, they're a bar, too. They have drinks. I guess there would be reason to celebrate. If you lose a
1: nail-biter heartbreaker in the finals, you you can console yourself with a a beer or two. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Plus, they, mm. as I said earlier, they have great food. Yep, so yep. that's So, you know, that's one that you might travel a little bit for. How yeah. many how many tournaments do you see 1,500 added? Mm. Yeah, and they'll probably have a total of, uh, I'm going to guess, maybe 130 to 150 players show up for that. Mm. So they get real good response. At the uh, casino tournaments, they usually end up, I'm going to guess... Probably seven to eight hundred slots are filled. Mm -hmm. Is that mobile divisions? Yeah, because they run singles and teams. So and so, I'm going to just guess slot wise that we're way up there. Say,
1: for instance, if you're a solid league player, Mm -hmm.
0: not not not
1: you're not going to you know burn up the pro circuit. And Shane Van Boning, for some reason, decides to show up because he wants to impress the crowd pick up a little extra cash. You don't have to worry about playing him. <laughs> Unless you, you want watch to. <laughs> well, in which case, you can bump yourself up to
0: Master and hope you get a good draw. <laughs> I have good Shane stories. You know, my favorite... I have two Shane stories. Um, and this happened both at Shooter's Billiards. He used to drive from Sioux Falls to here to catch his plane to go wherever sure, he was going, yes, yes. Uh, he'd fly out of the Minneapolis airport. It's the closest big airport. I'm sure he got better prices, better ticket prices. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he'd come here. At the time, the room was open 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So he could come anytime. It's 15 minutes from the airport, so it's close by. So he'd come in, and he'd play until it was time for his flight. Well, so he walks in one day, and Shooter's has this ring area with four prime tables. And that's where all the good players play. That's that's where the gambling happens. That's where the great players play that are in the area. He walks in, and he knows about the four tables. And there's a guy practicing And he walks up to this guy, and he says, you want to play some nine ball? The guy says, well, I know who you are. No, I don't want to, you know. (laughs) And and Shane says, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the orange crush, and we'll play race to seven for ten. Explain what the orange crush is exactly. Orange crush. Well, in this case, orange crush, I think the original was the five ball. Mm. Okay. But in this orange crush, it was the, and the break, it yes. was the five, six, seven, eight, nine were all the that's money balls. Beyond the crush, that's the orange avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I don't think he gave up the breaks. Oh, okay, okay. That is a significant. I'm not sure on that. With but some players? Regardless, it doesn't players. matter. Uh, the guy was playing in the ring, so Shane knew that this guy should be a good player. Right. And he still offers him that because Shane just la- wanted to play. He right. just wanted to play. Yes. Which I love him for it. He right. just, he right. loves the game. He wants to play. Well, after it was all said and done, the guy lost $20. Not Shane. His opponent lost $20 and said it was the most exciting $20 he ever spent. <laughs> and he only got three shots and was hooked every time. Mm. Yes. I so, remember uh, right before Shane
1: basically broke onto the national stage big time, right before his tar match with uh, with with Corey Duhl, who was then considered a reigning master in mm-hmm. American pool. I was watching Shane practice and he was in the Twin Cities area practicing a lot at the time right before that match and I felt good about his chances against Corey because he shot a very standard little shot two rails follow up for shape and he was pointing at the table with irritation because he was eight inches off it was like it should be here not there here, not there. And then he
0: worked another two hours until mm-hmm. it was perfect, correct? So
1: he was he was just he was putting in the time. He yeah. was definitely
0: putting in the time. I've seen him do that repeatedly when he's come up. Yeah. He'll have one shot, and doggone, he will keep hitting it until, until he gets, gets it, gets it right. perfect. Yeah. And then he'll hit it perfect a number of times before he finally moves on. Yeah. Perfect yeah. once is not perfect And you wonder why he's... The champion he is. Mm-hmm. The other, the other fun story was, uh, they don't have a snooker table here at Shooters, but they do play golf on a nine foot table, ah, yes. which actually is a lot harder game because to not give away a shot is very difficult. Yes, yes. The defense you, you can, is tough. you can always play distance defense on a ten foot or a twelve foot snooker table, mm-hmm. but on a nine foot table, there's no distance defense. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you have to play have a very good cue ball. Well Shane so, Shane has an excellent cue ball. He has an I remember when cue he was ball. playing in that one game, yes.
1: He only <laughs> played in the one
0: game, I might add. But the kid could <laughs> make balls. So he gets in the first game and and they play a nine hole game here instead right. of six. Because it's the regulation table. So he he gets stuck just like any normal human being the first game. He gets stuck on the three hole mm-hmm. and the guy shooting before him is just not letting him off the three-hole at all. It's just the way you're supposed to play golf. Yep. And so he loses that game, and he's ready to play another one, and so is everybody else, because look at here. Yes. This U.S. Open champion, he got yes. stuck on the three-hole just like anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, Shane was, like, fourth to shoot. I believe so. Third or fourth, yes. And what does he do? He makes the opening bank... And the upper gets kind of lousy shape, uh, makes a super thin cut that you're not even supposed to cut that thin. Up into the other, the left hand, right. Uh, and corner. so he's made the one hole and the two hole, gets and perfect his perfect on the side. Perfect on the side and runs out the entire. And he's game. still the only one to run nine holes in that golf game. There's a lot of people that run the eight holes but never done all nine. He does his second try, and guess what? Everybody got afraid of him then, and the <laughs> game was done. Uh, and get, Over. Yeah. 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 I still wanted to play. It was great fun. I yeah. was. It was worth the money just watching him do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what I like about Shane, because the stakes weren't big. Yeah. He made... He made probably $50, 60 from everybody in that game. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: You know, yeah. but like I said, the kid just likes just to, play. Yeah. to play. The kid, Yeah. what is yeah. he, 30 years old now? I still call him a kid. Yep,
1: <laughs> yep, yep, Yeah, yeah, Been, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he just, as you say, I remember he played a local here, gave him, I think, the six ball and beat him quite easily, but the guy was just pleased to have played Shane. Yeah, yep.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He puts out a lot of goodwill. Yep. He's great for the game of pool. Mm-hmm. And he lives close by. Yeah. Well, when he's around, <laughs> he's on the road a lot right now. Yeah, well, I guess he's going to uh, England here pretty good with Earl as his partner for a yeah. World, what, World Cup of or World Doubles championship. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Curious should, to see how that works out. Should be interesting, although I yeah. know... Shane does like Earl a bunch, and,
1: you know. Well, that's because Shane's hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some of Earl's tirades. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That's funny. That's funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, he just shuts off his head. I don't know.
1: What, what did he say? I don't know. Did he yeah. you? I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, we don't get into trouble for that one, but that is funny.
1: Unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> Not to take anything real Scream he's one of the best that ever played the game.
0: Yeah. Definite fact. Yeah. Absolutely. Best shot maker ever. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Although, and once again, he's doggone kids nowadays. Well. Oh, yeah. Skyler. What can you say about Skyler Williams? Fearless with a combination on, a, on oh. a valley
1: bar box. I'll say that for him. Uh, Absolutely fearless.
0: He has, yeah, no yep. fear.
1: Yep.
0: All of a sudden, he turned into a monster.
1: Yep. Well, not all of a sudden. He's been working Dua. his ass off. He's he's gotten uh, good backing and good coaching and been taken around and they they've they got him. How do I say? They developed him very well.
0: Yes. Whoever did. Whoever mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. working with. Yeah. Him.
1: They got him good action. They got him yeah. in good tournaments. Got him used to the pressure. And uh, his natural talent has uh, flourished. Yes. And all I can say is hats off.
0: I got to see him uh, at the last tournament at Olathe. hmm And yeah, 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 what yeah. a talent. What yeah. a
1: talent. And he's developed it. it is, you got to have the physical talent. And, well, as everybody knows in Poole, it's 90% between the ears at a certain yeah. point, And yep. he's got that, too.
0: And he did, he did in Olathe, he did well in the one pocket also. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so he's a he's a nine-foot player too. In all rounds, no, yeah, yeah. No slouch there. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, it's good to see somebody work hard and get somewhere.
0: You bet. Now, before we were talking earlier about, uh, about the game, nine-ball, and you and I both grew up in the era of the push-out. Yeah, the one, yeah. Push-out. In fact, ball. yeah different game tommy doesn't enter a whole lot of tournaments but shooters here had a push-out tournament which tom just couldn't sign up fast enough for and we're talking a great field there were a lot of master players there are a lot of players that kind of knew the game but they weren't from the era that tommy and i were from and tom kind of just won the tournament hands down and beat everybody up. Because he knew the game and knew what to tempt people with. I, yeah. I, I agree that that was a lot more cerebral game and more of well, playing an opponent game instead yeah, of the it, table. It was, the, thing, the difference was that it was easy to exploit your opponent's weakness in
1: rollout. I remember one time I was playing a guy and I saw that he couldn't make a cross-corner bank. For some reason, he just had a weakness on that So, fine. I kept rolling out to soft cross-corner banks. Lo and behold, he had a dilemma. He could either give it to me and I'd make it, or he could shoot it himself and miss. Eventually, he started shooting them and playing safe. Right. And then I'd roll out to another different kind of bank. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. And it was just... That's right. It's kind of like being able to exploit somebody's backhand in tennis.
0: um, And I remember in those tournaments (laughs) that... uh, that, um, I would. That was the time when I would watch players because I wanted to know what mm-hmm. they were missing. Yep. I wanted to know that they were scared of the, the long on-the-rail shots or, you know, whatever it was. Well, my strength was I learned to cut balls very good because people would usually give them up. Your strength is also seeing shots that nobody in their right mind sees also, Tommy. One could argue that isn't a strength. (laughs) (laughs) If they go in the hole, it's a strength. Okay, well... When they don't go in the hole... What were you thinking? <laughs> That's what I ask myself sometimes. <laughs> it looked
1: good on paper. <laughs> it worked in your head, right? Where it should. What yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah, just translating it to the paper. But as I say, the games were different. I'm not going to say one's better or worse than the other. Just different, different skills. Yep. Um, I'd say the two-three wheel kicking game is is has become rather well developed. Yes. You see now some very strong safety play and then replies to safeties with a couple rail kicks that then leads to a safety. Right. Often on purpose, sometimes you get the impression randomly, but a lot of, there's a lot more control with the kicks than there ever was.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. and I attribute all that to the uh, jump cue. Well, the jump cue, yeah, yeah. The jump cue, because initially, way back when, we just had to put a ball, an object ball in the way, between balls. Mm-hmm. Well, I
1: used to roll out hooks, so I... I'd have to jump. Yeah. People, well, would give but, me that. People would give that up every time. And with, with But the big even cue
0: back ball, then, rarely did you jump with a full cue. That came into play. I, I rolled and, out to jump with a full cue. Right. Right, you
1: know, but, you, but you wouldn't roll out a. You wouldn't jump a whole ball. You jump a part of a ball, a quarter of a ball. Yeah. You
0: would yeah. try to roll yeah. out to an eighth yeah. or a quarter of a Q ball. And the big cue ball on
1: the bar table, the big cue ball has more Correct. mass, so it jumped a little easier. And
0: then as the jump cue came in, well, it had to because one foul. Then what happened was, <laughs> you got everybody had to play better safeties. Mm-hmm. You had to tighter get on and tighter. an object. Ball. Yeah, yeah. And then the rails had to come into play. It was, it was, it was amazing. I remember watching a guy
1: jump over a ball that he was literally two inches away from. Yes. And I, I looked at that and I said, you're kidding me. Well, the problem with that was, I wasn't saying, wow, what skill? My problem, the thing was I went, where'd you get that jump cue?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: now, which is a little bit different question than how'd you develop the skill to hit that shot?
0: It's like, what's the technology behind that? Sure.
1: Nothing wrong with that, but it's just
0: I, I remember, prefer to have a
1: player develop a skill.
0: Yeah, I remember back before they put uh, restrictions on jump cues, before mm-hmm. they actually put equipment limitations. Um, the old that, Tadpole, that, that wouldn't be legal anymore, would it? No, no. Yeah. Too big. Too big? Yeah. Too big. Well, no, the Tadpole would be good. That's Robin Dotson's. Okay. The Tadpole and the Frogger okay. would be good, but I think you're thinking about that. What was that one with the big, it was like a 18-inch, 18 18-millimeter 18 Plastic thing. It was just short. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> tangent. Yeah, you did get some rather interesting uh, uh, But I did see there. people practice with a shaft jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they could have it, like, within a half inch. Oh, my gosh. And jump. And that was a practice shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, a,
0: I mean, yeah. that's a it's very impressive.
1: difficult it's thing a, to do. Yeah, impressive. You do. You know? Again, I, I like when a person develops the skill yes. behind a shot.
0: yes. And, and, you know, there's always that controversy now about should you have jump cues or should you not or, you know, whatever. Hmm. You know, I think the jump cue is one of the most, the jump, the jump shot is one of the most exciting shots in pool. Yeah. Anybody Great. who is a non-pool player or a league player or yeah. somebody that isn't in, in the elitist group, right, enjoys. I'll tell you what, Uh, I love it when Shane accidentally hooks himself and pulls out his jump shot.
1: Well, I remember playing a guy in a bar in Southern California. We were on case money. Never a fun situation. And um, the guy plays a good safety on you. You know, There were no jump cues at that time. And I'm using a house cue because the guy lent me his tat. And Tad's a good cue maker, Yeah. but this particular cue, for some reason, I just didn't like the feel of it. So I grabbed the cue off the rack, and so I've got this shot, and I'm down on the shot, and my partner's sitting there in my line of vision as I'm going over this ball, jumping into the side pocket, and he's shaking his head no. And I'm looking at him going, well, you're distracting. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you have to focus. Good partner. <laughs> yeah. so. a little negativity coming yeah. out. Huh? Well, thank you. Thank you for your of really? confidence here. Yeah, this is a tough shot. Yeah. I know this. <laughs> so I jumped the ball, go over the full ball, hit the ball into the corner pocket. Now, I jumped it with high left because I had to come around two rails for shit. Fine. I make the shot. Everything's cool. The guy I'm playing apparently starts swearing to somebody else some kind of big time. And, you know, and I run out, and eventually I end up winning, thank God. You know, needed the cash. Sure. Um, The next day, my partner's sitting there, uh, this was hard times back, the old hard times, when it was in uh, uh, Costa Mesa. Okay. The one before the one in Bellflower. So we're back at hard times the next day. And he says, yeah, you know, nice jump shot. And I said, thanks. And he said, you got lucky on the shape, though. And I said, oh, go ahead, set it up again on the big table. You know, we, this was on a bar box. Sure. And so we set up on the bar, big table, and I hit it again with high left. Came around two you rails and it. got shape, and I said, I played it with high left. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. they're saying, next time I'm shooting the shot, don't shake your head now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me there wasn't skill in that shot. And also yeah. don't tell me that a lot of jump shots are difficult shots, even with the ball removed. Yeah. If you If you take the impeding ball away... Lots of times, there's still a difficult shot, and now you're adding the jump to it on top of it. Yeah. I, You know, I, so I, I guess I disagree with the promoters that say no jump cue, because I, I think it's a, one of the most exciting oh, yeah, shots yeah, yeah, in pool. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, my only complaint about the uh, jump cues in general is you really just don't have the same amount of control as you would with a full cue. You don't. You know, um, you don't. I don't. I don't think a person's going to take your modern jump cue and confidently jump and go two rails for shape. Um, just because it's going to be hard to be sure of the English. Well,
0: you know. I don't know about going forward, but I can certainly say you can go backwards. I've seen
1: I've seen um, players jump and come backward quite well, two yeah. three feet nicely,
0: yeah. quite nicely. Uh, the going forward is a little more difficult, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, back when you are talking about what you, I mean, you were going, what, a quarter of a ball with um, a full cue? This one was a full ball. Full ball? Oh, yeah. well, were, well, not quite a full ball. You were a little berserk. You were a little bit of. Uh, uh, I was younger and confident. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break right now and uh, kind of quit laughing so much and <laughs> talk about a few laughter's, other things. Laughter's
1: bad?
0: No, laughter's <laughs> great. I love it. Be back in a few minutes. Focus on accompaniment. Welcome back to Table Talk. I'm your host, Jay Wagner, and my guest co-host today is Chicago Tom Sheely. And we're sitting at Shooter's Billiards in Burnsville, Minnesota, doing this recording. Hearing the click of the balls. The click of the balls. They're getting kind of full. We're going to hear more racks being broken. That's wonderful. Tuesday is a big leading night here on the nine foot tables. And I think they have like, uh, what, 42 42 nine foot tables here? Mm -hmm, Yep, yep. And a good selection of bar boxes. Huge, huge room. Probably one of the largest in the country. Yep. Right up there. Well, I think uh, one of the things that is happening in the pool scene, and kind of happening around here a little bit, is that we're getting players that are putting money into a high-entry fee tournament, Yeah. Uh, 2,000 yeah. entry, yeah, 5,000 yeah. entry. Yeah, they're, uh, they're
1: finding that they uh, would like to play for a, a higher prize fund than uh, added money alone seems to be willing to produce for them. Yeah. So they're putting in the money themselves.
0: Yeah. I think, I think for right now it's it's absolutely wonderful. I hope it lasts for a few years. I like the idea that yeah. that all these nine foot pro players are playing on the bar boxes a lot.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: But I tell you what, when you're when you're doing a two thousand entry tournament, sixteen players, twenty thousand for first, and we're not even talking about Calcutta money. Yes, the Calcutta money has been huge, huge, huge in these tournaments. You know, when you're getting Calcutta, the $60,000. Yeah. <laughs>
1: now imagine, this is everyone's dream. You walk in as a relative unknown, buy yourself the Calcutta cheap because you're an unknown.
0: I wonder if they start like at a $100 bid or, you know, what it, where it is. Yeah, but, I mean, your odds on the money become... Ridiculous. Ridiculous.
1: Not quite the lottery, but still quite worthwhile. Now, that is the kind of dream that's going to keep players coming.
0: Yes. You know, so, now, uh, how
1: long will it last? How many $2,000 bills can a person pull out of their
0: pocket? You know? Yeah, <laughs> but we, we have to go back to the old saying, you know, bar box, yep. everybody's got a chance on the bar box. So, yep. well, you know, it's I a think, possibility. I but, think it's a great thing.
1: Yeah, well, Justin Bergman won the last big one, the recent one. And, what did he uh, win?
0: Do you remember?
1: Uh, the Calcutta 20,000? Yeah, I don't know if it was quite that high. Um, but, uh, he probably won. Skyler Woodard, this was 6, the uh, 6,000
0: in the tournament and.
1: Yeah, 20,000 probably on the Calcutta. 20,000 in Calcutta. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Skyler Woodard won the uh, big one in. Uh, what? Oh, smoking Aces. Smoking Aces, oh. and uh, with $2,000 entry. Yeah, the uh, one in Beloit was
0: a more a less substantial entry fee, right? Um, so I, I heard something about a a, a five or ten thousand person,
1: a ten thousand dollar entry fee one pocket tournament.
0: Oh, my and that Is Scott def- behind that one.
1: Uh, Scott Frost. I don't know if he's a shaker mover in it, but he's definitely in the uh, in the mix. Um, and frankly, uh, good luck. I mean, it's nice to see. I presume we'll see some quality pool, quality one-pocket.
0: One would think, and uh, might pull some of the uh, some of the unknown players out into the open again, kind of like the IPT did. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, That's one great thing that the IPT did. All these players that couldn't make a living Doesn't decided they, they were going to try again.
1: Right, right. Now, the only problem the IPT had was, I don't think they had a media revenue stream.
0: No, and and, that's what they were working for.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, or a gambling well, revenue stream, a, a line. Yeah. A casino yeah. line, which you can line. get in the Philippines. Yes. If you
1: ever want to have some fun,
0: check out the
1: Filipino uh, action matches on the net. You will find the the cultural differences between the Philippines and America astonishing.
0: I said. I read something about uh, they actually employed a guy who would who would pick the bugs off the table between shots <laughs> um, be, right be. on an outside table or something like that to that effect?
1: Well, I know the conditions are very different. I, I uh, recently saw a video with uh, little Alex Pagman playing Jericho Benares, and there was the constant drone of motorcycles and mopeds going by on the street. Obviously a busy thoroughfare right outside the, uh, was the walls. This they just the, had walls? Well, it had uh, corrugated uh, metal walls. How many walls? I assume all four. Oh, uh, fairly okay. large room, a large crowd. I mean, okay. a capacity crowd watched the match. Um, very good match. It went hill-hill in a race of 23, and uh, you had people that assumed to be the officials, um, and um, a very polite, very knowledgeable crowd watching. And uh, quite intimate, too,
0: I might add. And they are close the, to the table. <laughs> sure. sure, Like we were when we first started playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You always, you always, you never sat down. Oh, no. Well, no. So, no. So that's the secret to why Filipinos never get sharked.
1: They can't. If you can fade that noise, you can fade anything. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah. these high, these high... Uh, I, entry fee I, tournaments
1: I hope, they have, uh, I hope they have some longevity as you say I, I, I'm I'm a little concerned about without corporate money I'm afraid that it's just going to be hard to get the kind of cash that these players are looking for and I understand their desire for the money because frankly if you want to make a living you've got bills oh,
0: yeah. you
1: want to pay them you love well, pool, you want to play nothing but pool the top end players, that's all they do in they the last play hours couple of
0: in the last couple months, Skyler's made forty thousand or mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you put that in perspective, there's a lot of people in the United States who'd like to make forty thousand, mm-hmm. and they don't even do that for a year. Right, right. Not true. He's got some expenses. He's got the travel expenses, which do add up. But absolutely. But, but, but they're they're not long tournaments. These are no, these no. are two and three day events. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. It isn't like going to the U.S. Open and spending a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the long weekends. You know, and you know, yeah, and weekend. in fact, yeah. you could almost still have a job. Pool players yeah. have a job. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I, I didn't know. mean
1: to make a funny there. Well, as a friend of mine, <laughs> a friend of mine in Phoenix, uh, uh, ex road partner of mine, he was in a pool hall, and Jackie Madden was saying to him, Pat, I heard you got a job. And Pat said, yeah, 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 I, I got lucky and working with a friend of mine. And Pat was a good local pool player at the time. And Jackie said, well, that's good. Good for you. And then he said, wait a minute. No, that isn't good, is it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it, it's confusing, both were true. Both were both true. true. <laughs> it's confusing sometimes. You know, uh, earlier today we were talking with the local player and He was talking about the the question, why do you miss?
1: Mm, A tough
0: one. One you have to
1: ask yourself after you've done this, which everyone has. Yeah. And everyone will. But, but, I
0: mean, he had the perfect answer. You either overcut it or you undercut it. That's the bottom line. Breaks it down to its simplicity. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So forget all that mind stuff and all that other, right? Take it right down to the simplest form. There's the right spot on the ball to hit and hit it. That's right. The game is simple. Game is simple. Hit the ball. (laughs) Hit the ball, make it go in. If it doesn't, make a correction. Yep, that's pretty much it. And actually, in saying that, that's what a lot of teaching is. Mm -hmm. teaching Mm -hmm. people how to make a correction. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, sometimes it's your fundamentals. For whatever reason, your cue is not moving in a straight line, which makes it much more difficult to spot on the ball you're aiming. Right. And sometimes it's just your psychological approach. You're paying too much attention to the wrong thing. You're paying so much attention to shape that you missed the ball. Yes. You know, know, obviously when you play, you'll know where you fall in terms of why you
0: missed, if you pay Uh any attention at all. Although the best excuse I ever heard for missing, and and understand, they're all excuses, and you can't win making excuses. Unfortunately, no. You need to know the facts. Right. Well,
1: this guy... As as Joe Friday said, just the facts, man. This
0: guy is not shooting like he can shoot. And Mm -hmm. I said, well, why are you missing today? And he said, well, because I took the bus to the pool room today. And I was on the bus, and it got into an accident, and had a flat tire. And I was too busy thinking about the flat tire and accident that I couldn't shoot. Mm. So I'll give him credit for uh, imagination for making an excuse.
1: It reminds me of George Fells. I remember reading him saying something to the effect of, You're playing a local guy who doesn't have a job, doesn't have a mortgage, doesn't have a child to worry about, no retirement expenses he's particularly worried about, and this guy just doesn't miss. And George was basically of the opinion that if he had the normal life problems of the normal person, the guy would not play anywhere near as well because he would be so distracted. Right. Now, one could argue that perhaps... Pool becomes your refuge where you push those distractions aside and worry about the simple, very simple problem of hitting a particular spot on a particular ball and let it go at that. Yeah,
0: very simple. Overcut <laughs> it or undercut it? <laughs> Basic. Very Basic sp- pool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have lots of things to do here at uh, Table Talk. Uh, once again, I'd like to remind everybody about our email. If you have any suggestions or things that you know, subjects you want to talk about, things or, that would
1: interest you in particular, or, or
0: Minneapolis comments. or Minnesota players you want to hear an interview from, yeah, uh, right. I am planning. we going go all the
1: way out to North Dakota and South Dakota.
0: Yes, a touch a lot of way. friends. <laughs> uh, you can email at the. Our address is. The number one, one one-table-talk at gmail.com. One-table-talk at gmail.com. We have a a lot of housekeeping things to do, and I I know I've got my work ahead of me for a bit. Uh, We have to make a website and get on Facebook, Twitter. I've got to do intro music and ending music. I've got to make a logo It'll all happen. It'll all come. You know, it just is going to take a little time. I just wanted to get the first broadcast out there and on the air.
1: What Jay is saying is bear with him. The uh, added touches of professionalism will definitely be there. He's working on it as we speak.
0: Thank you, Tom. And I appreciate you coming today and talking with us. And well, I'm giving your insight <laughs> I'm, I'm into, into our... Insight.
1: Okay, I'd like to say it's such.
0: <laughs> I, I, I realized that we were a little all over the board, but that kind of makes it fun, too.
1: Yes. Well, Pool's pool's a very interesting game with a tremendous subculture, and uh, a, a lot of depths to plumb, and I'm sure people in their own games, everyone finds what they want from the game. Yes. A self-challenge, a social time, a, uh, a, a refuge, um, as one friend of mine once said. He comes to the pool hall because it's
0: my psychiatrist. That might be true of a lot of players. And with that <laughs> said, we're going to sign off for this edition of Table Talk. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. And Bye-bye. Luck.